Michael Popak, Legal AF, it's in. Judge Angoran's written order concerning Donald Trump's second violation of his gag order, in which Donald Trump yesterday attacked again in the hallway, despite the gag order, the principal law clerk for Judge Angoran in not even uncertain terms, in terms that were so certain that even after Judge Angoran put Donald Trump himself under oath for the first time he's been under oath in a courtroom in probably a decade or more, the judge concluded that he did not believe a word that Donald Trump had said, and as the trier of fact concluded, that Donald Trump violated the gag order again and had to unambiguously be talking about his principal law clerk who sits alongside the judge when he made his comments to the press in the hallway yesterday. So let me just read from the order, because of course, in a progressive discipline way, Last week, he got hit with a $5,000 fine and a warning that if he violated the gag order again, more serious sanctions would be imposed, leading up to and including jail time. Obviously, we're not there yet, but the, the uh, byproduct of yesterday's hearing is that Donald Trump, under oath again, testified to the judge who found him not to be credible. So already, before Donald Trump even takes the stand in the own, his own defense of the persistent fraud case, let's remember, there is a fraud case being tried in that courtroom. You would not know it by the tactics being used by the lawyers for Donald Trump. You would think this is a case of Donald Trump versus the principal law clerk, or Donald Trump versus Judge Angoron. That's not the case. Because Donald Trump and his lawyers are losing the case in the courtroom under a shed load, legal term, a shed load of evidence and testimony going on now into the fourth week from accountants and auditors and um, and uh, uh, accountants, auditors and appraisers by insiders, outsiders of the Trump organization, current employees, former employees, assistance to employees that have already pled to felony counts of tax evasion, and all of the documents that have come in. It has been overwhelming. It is such an overwhelming amount of evidence already, even in four weeks of what's likely to be a three-month trial, that the judge yesterday, in commenting and, and ruling against a motion that Donald Trump made after Michael Cohen finished testifying for a directed verdict, meaning I should win because of Michael Cohen's testimony, the judge said, I, I'm not even, even if I don't credit Michael Cohen's testimony, while interesting, it is not the most important testimony that I have heard already. And the judge pointed to the room and said, the court, you could fill the courtroom with the amount of evidence that supports the case for the New York Attorney General. Think about that. I'm going to do a separate hot take on what that interesting inside the mind of Judge Angoran should be signaling to the defense, which is you better try to find a way to settle this civil fraud case with the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, if she's even interested. Constantly calling her a racial term, which Donald Trump does time and time again, and saying that the judge and the attorney general are in the back pocket of Joe Biden and the Democratic machine is not helping your ability to get out of this case without a finding by a judge that would could shut down your company, take your buildings from you and all of your money. Back to the order, uh, which is devastating, not in the dollar amount. I know everybody's up in arms about it. It's only $10,000. That's his walking around coffee folding money for the day. I get it. But it's the finding by the judge 
The judge listened to argument of counsel, Chris, primarily Christopher Keis, although Alina Haba was squawking in the background as well, and accusing the the um, principal law clerk of doing something wrong because, you know, she's been dismissive of some of the arguments that have made in court and she doesn't have a poker face. That's okay. There's no crime against that. And they and Chris Keis argued, oh, he was talking about Michael Cohen. He must have been talking about Michael Cohen. The comment, which we played on other hot takes in the hallway, which I'm going to play again right now, right? So you can hear it for yourself. And then I'll tell you how Judge Angoron uh, ruled on it. Here's the clip. Uh, this was a trial that should have never been brought, but if we had a jury, it would have been fair, at least, even if it was a somewhat negative jury, because no negative jury would vote against it. But this judge will, because this judge is uh, a very partisan judge, with a person who's very partisan sitting alongside of him, perhaps even much more partisan than he is. So uh, we are doing very well. The facts are speaking very loud. Uh, he's a totally discredited witness, and you haven't seen anything yet. This goes on for a long time, but he's a totally discredited witness. There is no doubt in any reasonable pers person's mind, including the trier of fact, Judge Ngoron, that, that Donald Trump was talking about the principal law clerk. There's only one other person who sits alongside the judge, and that's his law clerk. The witness is in the witness box four or five feet down from the judge, right? Anybody who's five years old or, or, or older has some sort of spatial awareness and understands geometry and distance, understands what the difference between alongside, adjacent to, and in proximity of. And Donald Trump chooses his words always very carefully, alongside and more partisan than the judge, because he's accused her of being friends with uh, Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York. He's never referred to Michael Cohen, and there's lots of vocabulary and vernacular that Donald Trump uses, which the judge referred to in his order, um, where he calls Michael Cohen, Cohen, Michael Cohen, that liar. That's what he calls him. He doesn't call him partisan. He doesn't call him um, anything that smacks of how he calls the principal law clerk. Some people who are just tuning in might be thinking, I'm sorry, what's going on? They're, they're battling with the principal law clerk? How is that a winning strategy? And I'm here to tell you as a 32-year practicing trial lawyer in this courtroom in particular, it's not. For me, having life insurance and understanding the importance to protect your family and everything you've worked so hard for is crucial. I recently got married. And that peace of mind, knowing my family would be okay in a worst case scenario, is so important. It is never too late to get coverage. Select Quote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. They do the legwork and research for you. Listen to this Select Quote found a 40 year old man a $500,000 policy for only $18 a month, and all of this was in minutes. Want to cross this off your list fast? Select Quote can offer up to $2 million in instant affordable coverage with no medical exam required. So whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, their licensed insurance agents can help you find the right policy for you, your family, and your budget. Plus, quotes are completely free and take only minutes. We're all busy, but do me a favor. Take a couple of minutes today to get your free quote. Go to selectquote.com. That's select quote.com details on the sample rate at selectquote.com they started their day alina haba started her day yesterday before she even got to the cross-examination continuation of michael cohen by attacking the law clerk she said 
you know, I don't appreciate it. And she's not the judge and she's rolling her eyes and she's dismissive. And the judge was like, okay, can we move on now? And then in the hallway at the first break, the first comment, Donald Trump, because his lawyer just planted the seed. You know, this isn't by accident. This is a strategy. I don't know the the payoff for the strategy. It doesn't seem to be working. Is to go after the system, the process, the clerk, the judge, the, the attorney general. Forget the evidence. In the meantime, evidence is stacking up in the courtroom, testimonial and documentarian, a documentary evidence in the courtroom exhibits, so much so the judge says, listen, I know you don't like exactly what Michael Cohen said, but if you think I'm relying on just Michael Cohen to make my ultimate decision in this case, you know, the evidence would fill the courtroom. Exactly. So why are you continuing to attack? Because it, it, it allows candidate Trump to have something to talk about when he's fundraising. Let me read the order to you now. Uh, it's only two pages. It won't take me long. I'll give you the highlights from the from the top. On October 3rd, on the record, I, this is Judge Angoran, imposed on all parties to this action a very limited gag order, quote, forbidding all parties from posting, emailing, or speaking publicly about any members of my staff, emphasizing quite clearly that personal attacks on members of my court staff are unacceptable, inappropriate, and I will not tolerate them under any circumstances, and that failure to abide by that will result in serious sanctions. The judge went on to say in the second paragraph, despite this unambiguous order, last week I learned that Donald Trump had failed to abide by it by, uh, by uh, not removing for a total of 17 days from the website of donaldjtrump.com an untrue and disparaging personally identifying post about my principal law clerk. That story, by the way, was broken by the Midas uh, Touch Network. Just, just a little side note there. Uh, counsel for defendants stated in open court that the violation of the gag order was inadvertent, so I imposed a $5,000 nominal sanction against Donald Trump for the first time violation of this gag order. That should be the end of it, but the judge goes on. On October 25, just yesterday, during a break uh, from the trial, Donald Trump made the following statement to a gaggle of reporters outside the courtroom. A little dismissive of reporters there, but here's the quote. And you, we played it. This judge is a very partisan judge with a person who's very partisan sitting alongside him. Partisan sitting alongside. Those are the key operative words that animate that sentence for the judge. Judge went on to say, quite clearly, defendant was referring once again to my principal law clerk who sits alongside me on the bench. Side note, sidebar here in the hot take. The principal law clerks are assigned to each judge of the New York Supreme Court, which is the trial level court for New York. We call it the Supreme Court. That principal law clerk is a lawyer. She or he is a member of the bar. That is a, a feeder program for a lot of people to become judges. They start as law clerks and they end up running for or being appointed to the bench. They are basically junior judges. They're almost akin to magistrate judges in the federal system. They make a lot of decisions in the name of the judge. That's how justice works in New York. You would know that if you practice regularly in New York like I do. You wouldn't know that if you're Alina Haba, who regularly practices in New Jersey, where the practice is different, or Chris Keis, who practices in Florida. Okay, the judge continues on the bottom of page one. Defendant's attorney, that's Chris Keis, offered the explanation that Donald Trump was referring to Michael Cohen, who had been sitting on the witness stand. Wait, and picture the room. You've seen the room. Judges sit on high on a bench. 
This one in New York, in that particular courtroom, that judge is probably five to six feet above everyone else. That's the way it works. That's why that person gets to wear, wear the black robe and make all the decisions related to justice. Below that person, well, next to the judge sits in another box staff, usually the principal law clerk. When the principal law clerk's not there, sometimes it's a bailiff or sometimes it's another clerk. Below both of them, in the witness box, which is a good four and a half feet below, adjacent but below, is the witness who's testifying. In front of them, probably another six feet, are counsel table that sits side by side, one for plaintiff's counsel, one for defense counsel. We have a picture we can show you. That's how all courtrooms generally work, uh, you know, generally, from a spatial perspective. The judge went on. I then conducted a brief hearing. This is the judge. During which Donald Trump testified. He testified because the judge put him under oath. Raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth. This is important because Donald Trump's already been found by this judge to be not credible and a liar before he even testifies later on, two or three months from now, about the fraud in the case. Donald Trump testified under oath that he was referring to Michael Cohen. That's what they scrambled. Uh, you know, uh, that was the that was the, the BS story that the lawyers and Donald Trump came up with. Say it's Cohen. Cohen was on the stand. You must have been talking about Cohen. No. The context is Alina Haba attacked the principal law clerk at the beginning of that day of trial. Then there's a break. And then Donald Trump renewed his attack as if mentally he had either forgotten about the gag order, possible, or he doesn't care. Um, however, as the judge continues, as the trier of fact, that's the judge. I find this temp testimony rings hollow and untrue. That's a nice way of saying Donald Trump lied to the judge. No other way to put untrue testimony under oath than lying. The Oxford English Dictionary, the judge continues, defines alongside as close to the side of next to. Witnesses do not sit alongside the judge, the judge continued. They sit in a witness box, separated from the judge by a low wooden barrier. Further, Donald Trump's past public statements demonstrate him referring to Michael Cohen directly by his name, Cohen, or by a derogatory name, liar. But in all circumstances, he is unambiguous in making it known that he's referring to Michael Cohen. Moreover, the language Donald Trump used on October 25 mirrors the language he used in public statements uh, to the press on October 2nd, where he inappropriately and unquestionably spoke about my principal law clerk. Because there, Donald Trump said, just to compare the two comments to show there's no ambiguity, quote, this rogue judge is a Trump hater. The only one that hates Trump more is his associate up there. Up there is the equivalent of alongside. This person that works for him and she's screaming into his ear because Donald Trump doesn't understand the role of the law clerk. Using imprecise language as an excuse to create plausible ambiguity about whether defendant violated this court's unequivocal gag order is not a defense, the judge continued. The subject of Donald Trump's public statement to the press was unmistakably clear. As the trier of fact, I find that Donald Trump was referring to my principal law clerk and that as such, he has intentionally violated the gag order. So there's two, and then he, he imposed a now a $10,000 fine and wants proof of payment within the next couple of days. Again, 10,000, 5,000, 
Don't be, don't be so focused on the money. Be more focused on a couple of things that were said by Judge Angoran yesterday in the courtroom and in this order. One, Donald Trump lied to me under oath. That is going to pay dividends for the uh, uh, New York Attorney General as she continues to put on her case. She already knows the judge doesn't believe a word Donald Trump says. And he sees everything now through that lens, that jaundiced view. And, and Donald Trump's probably two months away from taking the stand in his own defense. It's a long time. So before he even stepped into the courtroom in his own case, Donald Trump has already been branded a liar by the judge. That's bad. The $10,000, it'll be $100,000 the next time it happens. Or it'll be jail the next time it happens. So um, that's the context of what happened. But the, the other takeaway is, is what the judge said yesterday in court, which is you can say what you want about Michael Cohen. I'm paraphrasing. But the, there's enough evidence to fill this courtroom concerning the persistent fraud case and six counts of fraud uh, that is being presented by the New York Attorney General every day, every minute. I'll tell you who's not bashing and wasting time, energy, or oxygen on, on sideshows. The Attorney General and her staff and her attorneys. They're not bashing the law clerk, the judge, the court system. They're not even bashing Donald Trump or his lawyers. They're just methodically presenting evidence, chopping wood and stacking it up every day. And they're drawing a line under it at the end of every trial day. And they're coming back the next day, punching a clock, right? With their lunch pail and their hard hat and doing it again. And they're going to do that every day, every minute of every trial day until they're done. And they say the plaintiff rests, the state rests turning the case over to Donald Trump two or three months from now. If Donald Trump is in deep now, wait till we turn to the fifth week and the sixth week and the eighth week of this trial in the hands of the New York Attorney General. We'll follow it right here. Thanks for following me here. Thanks for following me here on the Midas Touch Network on this YouTube channel. We pull it all together, all this information every week on uh, two shows, uh, two uh, versions of our podcast called Legal AF, It's What You Think, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday, the exact same time. I do it with co-anchors, Karen Friedman, Ignifolo, Ben Mycellus. We curate the best top stories like this one, and we bring it to you in a long format podcast, which also goes on audio podcast platforms wherever you can find them. If you like what I'm doing, give me a thumbs up on this particular hot take. It helps with the algorithm, the ratings, and helps keep my content. I don't know why I'm making this motion. Helps keep my content on the air <laughs> and up in the air. And uh, until my next hot take, until my next legal AF, Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.